You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 130. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. As always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. How are you doing? Welcome to spring break. For so many of you, it is spring break. Maybe for you Southern Hemisphere people, it's winter break. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see you guys. I think most of you are upside down. I'm surprised you haven't fallen off the planet yet. But hey, you're holding on tight. Congratulations. You're still with us. It is about that time for so many of us in the Northern Hemisphere to step outside and get some sunshine. I don't know if I sing very well, but I feel oftentimes like singing. I'm going to get right to business here today, guys, because I want to get you in and out of here, and I want to make sure that I get this point across succinctly. Today, what we're going to discuss is a way for you to immediately understand how you impact other people's lives. And we talk a lot about understanding what it is you're going through as you journey through the college experience. Um, for a lot of you, it's middle school, it's high school. For many of you, even, it's it's post-college. It's out into the real world, and, and listening to this show has become one of your habits, and I thank you very much for that. Everything that you do impacts somebody else. And when you want to start thinking about how you can be that butterfly effect, how you can be the person who smiles at a stranger and somewhere, you know, 50 orders of impact down the line, somebody gets a promotion. Somebody laughs with a loved one they haven't seen in a long time. Somebody, uh, you know, has a better day than they would have. Hell, I don't know. It finally rains on a farm that hasn't seen rain in two years. Your impact spreads exponentially. And it's very much this idea that, you know, you smile at two people, they smile at two people. Now that's four, you know, those those two people each smile at two. Now we're at four. Those four people smile at, 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 at two people. That's eight. You know, next now we're at 16 and 32 and 64 and 128. And, or, yep, 128. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing math based on gigabytes, 256. <laughs> 512, you know, 1024. Um, it's, it's, this is how it works, though. It's just like how microchips progress. Your positive influence on people can bring joy so far away from you that you'll never know. This isn't a movie where you get to see the order of impact that you have. It's happening. So when you want to ask yourself, should I leave my dorm? Should I leave my apartment? Should I go to work? Should I go to class? I'm not in the best of moods. Something's not going well in my life. Why should I even bother to bring joy or a smile into somebody else's life? What if you wanted somebody to smile at you and that can brighten up your day because something's going on in your life? Today's episode is going to be all about how we can imp- impact others through our positive energy. And this isn't going to be one of those toxic positivity kind of episodes where I I say smile when you don't feel like smiling. I simply want you to get out of your own head once in a while and start to think about what's actually going on around you. 
where could you be more grateful and thankful for what you have instead of living in your own head with this doom and gloom about how things aren't going the way you expect them or want them or need them to go. And instead, notice how so much of what you want in life you already have. And you can know this by looking around at things that you have, and it could be a car, a watch, a phone, it could be some you know external item, or it could be your own internal happiness. It could be you know how you feel about yourself or the accomplishments you've had. You go back and think about what you've done internally that's shown up externally, and that if I were to come take those away, I don't want to be the bad guy here. If some evil villain were to come in and take away your diploma, take away your your award, take away your gold medal, take away your watch, your phone, your car, would you want them back? Would you search day and night to get them back? Would you fight tooth and nail to get them back? If you answer yes to those questions about the things that you have accomplished or the things that you can literally physically touch around you, then you have what you want. When we get locked inside of our heads about the things that we don't have, or we look back on our past about the mistakes we've made, and again, they're perceived mistakes, because if we choose to see them as lessons that we can learn from, then it was necessary. You don't learn how to get up until you start to fall down. I'm, I'm I'm around a puppy in the house right now, and my brother's got a, three kids that are all under the uh, one's five, the other the other two are under the age of three, and they fall down a lot, but they don't learn how to get up until they start to fall down. You want to fall down; it's what gives you the strength to get up over and over and over again. Each time a, a baby learning how to crawl successfully does it, they build the muscles that one day will help them stand up. And each time they fall, they build the muscles up to help them push themselves up off the ground. No kid falls down and just stays on the ground. It's like, well, I gave that walking thing a try. I guess I'll just scoot around on my belly for the rest of my life. No, we keep getting up. We've all done this. When we get locked in our heads about the things that we don't have, then we can start to get depressed. And we can start to spin around on the things that we don't have so long and for so often that it begins to just be a part of who we are. We're like Eeyore. We can be thinking about our past and our regrets, our shame, our guilt, right? This shame is is something that um, we can, shame is external. Shame is brought about by the, you know, it's like you have shame for what you've done. Um, But it's an internal thing that gets brought to us. Like we can feel shame internally. Guilt generally won't happen unless somebody else knows about it. If we think we've gotten away with something, then we won't generally have too much guilt. If we do think we feel guilt, it's more likely shame. Shame that we did something that we know we shouldn't have done. Shame is internalized. When you hear people say publicly shaming, right? you choose to feel shame. But guilt, now guilt is something that is brought about to us by society. Right? People start to know what we've done, then we feel guilty because people know about it. But if nobody knows about it and we have negative feelings inside, that's shame. Now, I've done some research on this. There's a lot of people who would want to disagree. That's them. This is me. I'm just telling you, shame is what you feel internally about doing something that you know went against your morals, ethics, and values, whereas guilt is also about going against morals, ethics, and values, but it's more about what society's morals, ethics, and values are. So when you start to feel depressed about your past and this shame and this guilt and anxiety, you're inside your head and you're spinning around and you do that for years and years and years and years. And then you just, then you're clinically depressed. Well, yeah, 
you would be if you spun around on the same negative feelings for a decade. Then you want to wake up and you want to go outside and you don't feel happy and you don't see why you should smile. And so you don't. And then that energy starts to rub off on other people. At some point, people start to question why they're hanging out around you because it seems like you're Eeyore. Again, not toxic positivity. I'm not telling you to go smile when you're not happy. But you want to really dive into what is it that's bringing about this depression? So much of our of our disease care system seems hell-bent on prescribing medications, which is just covering up the issue rather than diving deep in and figuring out what was the issue to begin with. Let's fix that. It's like wrapping gauze around a broken arm and expecting it to heal right. It's not going to work. Right? We got to put we got we got to get in there, take some x-rays, figure out where it's at, make sure we reset it, put it around a cask, a cast, make sure we give it time to heal and then we want to put it through a series of um physical therapy sessions to make it stronger. This is what you want to do for your own depression, for your own sadness. Right? You want it's it's small baby steps. But when society says, no, you're clinically depressed, and that's just who you're going to be for the rest of your life, that's the disease care system talking. There's ways that we can work people out of it if we just choose to be a part of the solution. It can go the same way when we start to get anxiety and stress about our future. Anxiety and stress is future pacing. It's thinking so much about the future that we can't get out of our own heads. It almost it can lock you up. It can put you into a state of overwhelm. So you don't even want to try for anything because you, you're trying to figure out all the different forks in the road that might cause you not to be successful. And at some point, you, you've created so many forks in the road, your mind can't hold on to them. It folds back upon itself. Now you're even more stressed out. And now here Jesse is on a microphone tell, telling you about the order of impact, telling you what if you smiled more often, how that might help society as a whole. And you're like, screw you, dude. I've got depression out the yin-yang. I've got anxiety and panic attacks always happening. i got enough going on over here to have to worry about the energy I'm sending out into the world. So let's discuss what an order of impact is, right? I call it the tree of impact because that's how I'm visualizing it. It's actually an economic term that um, me and my housemate Tom have discussed recently where it's, it discusses that any impact that is a likely result from an event, whether negative or positive, becomes an acceptable impact. It becomes part of this tree of impact. The question is one of possibility, not probability. Is it a possibility that an event, an initial event, can cause something? So in this impact network, it's really talked a lot about within the economic circles, and I'm not going to get all economics on you, so just reel it in, just ride or die with me on this. Okay, I'm going somewhere. This initial event is written in a circle, much like a mind map would be built. And you do it in the middle of the page, and then the first order of impact is written in the, in the, in the next circle. It's connected to the initial event. Then, the, then you have from that first order impact, you can draw a second, and then a third, and they're all connected by lines. And that first order of impact can, also, can have tons of lines drawn off of it, and those all become variations of the second impact. Then, they, then those second impacts can have a lot of lines that all become variations of a third impact and fourth, and it can, this thing can grow. To show you how you've already experienced this in your own life, I'm going to bring it in with two things that are very much going on in the, in the 
public sphere right now. So if you're listening to this linearly, right, COVID's going down. So let's discuss it around the COVID. The initial event was COVID came out, COVID hit. That first order was people got sick. The second order was places shut down. The third order, things don't get made when places shut down. Let's go with factories. Factories shut down, things don't get made. Fourth order is the shelves empty. The fifth order would be people panic. And then the sixth order is there's a run on stores. Right, Run on stores creates people panicking, which continues the loop of running on stores. So now we've established that. Right, You saw this go down. Now, first order, people get sick. Now, there's a lot of different second orders of impact here. I just ran you through this one simple one. COVID, people get sick, places shut down, things don't get made, shelves empty, people panic, they buy things on the shelves, the shelves are empty, people panic, they buy things off the shelves, the shelves are more empty, now people panic more, now there's more, and it became this loop, and we all remember living through that, when there was literally like nothing but tofu and some freaking, you know, 47-year-old quinoa on the grocery store shelves. Let's go to another event that's happening right now. Russia just invaded Ukraine. That's the initial event. Russia invades Ukraine. First order of impact, sanctions are levied. Second order of impact, import and exports slow down or completely stop. Third order of impact, fear of a fuel shortage causes prices to go up by a buck. Fourth order of impact, people panic, freak out, whatever they do, right? They go for a run on gas, which causes there to be less gas. Now we're at, you know, order number five. Now there's less gas, people panic. Right, So they, they start to tighten their wallets. Now we're at order number six. Because people tighten their wallets, businesses slow down. Restaurants, gyms, shopping malls, etc. These businesses slow down. Right, Seventh order of impact, people get less shifts. Eighth order of impact, people have less money. Ninth order of impact, people spend less and they tighten their wallets. This goes right back to fifth order of impact. Notice the loop. Now more businesses slow down. That's 10th order of impact. Same thing that happened at the 6th order of impact, right? Now the 7th order, when businesses slow down, people get less shifts, people have less money, people spend less, and it goes back. So by step 5 of this, we've created a loop, just like we did with the COVID one. And if you do this, you'll notice that loops at some point will begin to occur in these orders of impact. So now that I've broken down how this order of impact works economically, and you've all experienced it, and the moment I was walking through those, you're like, oh my goodness, I totally get it. So now let's think about the order of impact whenever you go to when you wake up in the morning. And this is going to be great because it gives you a, a different scenarios. And the coolest thing about these two different scenarios is both of them are your choices. They're the choices you make on how you start your day. We didn't get to make a choice about COVID. We didn't get to make a choice about Russia invading Ukraine. Those weren't things that most of us, 99.9999 had any like right to the nth degree, like literally like one dude in Russia had a choice about this. <laughs> and, and COVID, I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to get into the debate about that. It, it got out of a lab. It's an issue. There it is. Okay, so maybe nefariously one guy decided to inject a, rap, a rabid bat with it and send it on its merry way. I don't know. I don't want to get into that part of it. We didn't have a choice about COVID or, or Ukraine being attacked. But when you wake up every single morning, you have a choice. Make no mistake, you have a choice. Do you wake up in a good mood or are you going to wake up in a bad mood? You have a choice on which one to choose. 
You can listen to those people out there who tell you, no, you, you wake up on the good or bad side of the bed. You choose it. You choose it. Clinically depressed or not, feeling like the days aren't going well or not, bad grades, all of those things, you're still choosing your mood. Doom and gloom or hope and prosperity? I promise you, it's a choice. It's always a choice. Some days are easier than others. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that your doctor who's prescribing you medication is wrong. I'm not going to do that because I'm not a medical professional. But you still have a choice to choose good mood or bad mood. And I keep harping on that because I want us to start to take ownership, personal responsibility. No more blaming, complaining, or making excuses for why you can't wake up in a good mood. There are people out there who barely living on beans and rice who can wake up with a smile on their face. I came across a quote generally that said, um, I, feel, uh, I feel it was something to the effect of, um, I feel bad for rich people because all they have is money. Or it's something about um, the poorest people are the, the poorest people on the planet are the ones who only have money. Money doesn't make us happy. It gives us options on ways to make us, ourselves externally happier, but it does not internally make us happy. That's chasing a dragon whose tail you're never going to catch. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. And so let's run through the order of impact on this. You choose to be in a good mood. Now you walk out of your room, your roommates are there, you smile, you say good morning, you ask everybody how their day is. Now regardless of the responses they give you, you're still choosing to you're still choosing the good mood. Now you you you're you're chipper, you're happy, they're going to do with it whatever they will, but right they're going to see that you're happy. They're going to see that you're trying to be in a you know good mood. That that's what you're pushing off. You get some coffee, you chit chat, it is whatever it is, right? You've done your job there as far as bringing some sort of ray of sunshine into the apartment. You leave, you go to class, you smile at a stranger. Maybe they were having a bad day. Now, so first order of impact would just be you You wake up, you say good mood. Second order of impact, you share good mood with roommates, right? Maybe they get out of a bad mood and get into a good mood because of that. Now, third order of impact is you all leave the apartment in better moods. So that you smile at strangers, fourth order of impact. Fifth order of impact could be nice to classmates, right? You're nice to the teacher. Sixth order of impact, the teacher is nicer to other students. Seventh order of impact, everybody starts to spread out and have nicer and nicer days. Eighth, ninth, tenth order of impact, it's the paying it forward. Wake up in a bad mood, you come out of your room, you're grumpy, maybe everybody else is in a good mood, but now you sour it, you start to yell, you get pissed off at the spoon in the sink, you start barking at them, they start barking at you, starting an argument. All right, first order of impact, wake up in a bad, initial event, you wake up in a bad mood. First order of impact, you're, you're nasty to the roommates. Second order of event is that you guys start an argument. Third impact is everybody leaves in a bad mood. Fourth impact, you get onto campus and you're in a bad mood. Sixth, fifth order, sixth order, I've lost count. Now all of a sudden you're bad. You're in a bad mood to other people. Your bad mood begins to rub off on them. Seventh order is they start to share the bad mood. You're nasty to the professor. Eighth order of impact, he's nasty to the next class. Ninth order of impact, everybody just starts having a crap day. Now, I know for a lot of you out there, you're sitting there being like, dude, you are skipping over a whole ton of events that could shake this tree up. And I get that. What's important is that I show you that this impact tree is happening all around you. 
I want you to bring your awareness to this happening. For those of you who love to be studious with my show, grab a piece of paper and in the in the circle could be you could put the initial what's the initial event? Right? It could be that you choose to get drunk the the day before uh, a a big class assignments due, big project. You, you get the, the day before you got to go meet all your classmates f- to work on a class project. So the initial event is you get drunk. First order of impact, you wake up hungover. Second order of impact, you're not nice to people. Third order of impact, they are mean back to you. Right? Fourth order of impact, you are meaner back. Fifth order of impact, huge argument ensues. Sixth order of impact, everybody in the class project's in a bad mood. Seventh order, the project doesn't get worked on because everyone's having a bad mood. The eighth order is more arguments ensue. Ninth order is everyone goes home pissed off. Tenth order is you go home, you drink, and you're pissed off, and then you wake up the next morning hungover, and you continue the loop. Now imagine if you woke up sober the day of a big class assignment that you were going to work on with classmates. So you sobriety, sober is your initial event, right? So your first order of impact is that you wake up not hungover. Second order of impact, you're in a good, decent health. You're in a better mood than waking up hangover. Third order, you're nicer to people, your classmates who you're working on the project with. Fourth order, everyone starts off the project in a better place. Fifth order, you work on the project, you're nice to one another, positive feedback. Sixth order, uh, those that you've affected in this circle as you work on it have pleasant experiences. Seventh order, everybody goes off and they pay the positivity forward. Eighth order is that everybody they are around for the rest of the day um, has a positive experience around them because you all feel accomplished from working on the project. Ninth order, you go home, you're in a good, decent health, you're in a better mood than spending the whole day hungover. Tenth order of impact, you have good dinner, you have meal, time together with your partner, uh, your roommates, and now a a loop is established. You wake up the next day, you're in a good mood because you're sober, and it all repeats. I'm bringing this into your awareness so that you can bust out a pen and paper and write down the initial event. Go to uh, show up to work on time, right? What's the order of impact there? Remembering that this isn't about probability, it's about possibility. Show up five minutes late to work and the boss is immediately up your ass about showing up. Now, there could be a lot of reasons why, but personal responsibility dictates that we're not making excuses for why we don't show up on time to work. We show up on time to work. We show up on time to class. We show up on time to appointments. That's how you show people that you're serious. That's how you show people that you're professional. Going pro means showing up on time. Those who think fashionably late, the, the movie stars who show up three hours late to set, the band that starts an hour after the time on the ticket says they're supposed to, the person who thinks fashionably late is fashionably cool, they're wrong. Show up on time, I can assure you. I used to live in Hollywood. I can assure you that the people who showed up on time, the actors, the actresses, the talent who was fun to work with, good to work with, they're the ones you see working for the next 30 years. The Catherine Heigels of the world are the ones that are scrounging around for anything that they can get that can even remotely be considered a job because they've burned so many bridges. When was the last time you saw that girl from Transformers who's dating that Machine Gun Kelly guy in a movie? You haven't seen it in a while, have you? You can't trash on Mr. Transformer guy, 
Michael Bay. You can't trash on that guy and expect to be getting a ton of gigs afterwards. If you're a hard person to work with, you're going to be a hard person for people to want to hire. Show up late, people will find somebody who will show up on time. So write that down on a piece of paper. Show up to work on time. And see how many of the orders of impact are going to lean towards the possibility of positivity versus writing on there showing up late to work. It's all about possibility. It could be work. And then first order of impact could be late. And then the other first order of impact could be on time. And you can grow it from that way. It's all about mind mapping. So you in the middle, right? You go to work. That's the event. That's the initial event. You go to work on time and is one first order of impact. Late is the other first order impact. And start drawing out your possibilities with on time and then the possibilities with showing up late. See how many of those late ones can begin to lean towards the undesirable experience versus just showing up on time, leading towards the possibility of a positive, desirable experience. This can work for anything that you do in life. I want you to bring this into your awareness so that you start to realize that your choices have consequences. If you can see it on paper, you can better make the choices that will lead you to more desirable consequences, more desirable circumstances, more desirable events versus just half-ass going through your day, la, 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 like you're a smurf thinking everything's going to work out, constantly showing up late, being hungover, being in a nasty mood, um, rejecting someone's compliment, being rude to somebody whatever it might be, and ask yourself, what are the possibilities of an undesirable consequence or circumstance coming from that negative behavior versus the possibility of positive desirable circumstances and consequences coming from the more positive desirable behavior? All right, if you see it on paper, now you can take something that's intangible, something that's just made up in your mind, and you can bring it out into the external world where it can actually be fully manifested that's when things become real. Things in your mind are just daydreams. They're just ideas. People have thousands, millions of ideas and daydreams every single day. Those that take the dream out of their head and put it on paper, turn it into reality. Those who take the idea and put it onto paper and figure out a strategy to accomplish it are the ones that you hear about being successful. They're the ones with patents. They're the ones with unicorns in Silicon Valley. They're the ones with successful companies. They're the ones who took something that was intangible in their mind and turned it into tangible in front of them. And from there, it became something that they could actually begin to manipulate and influence in a positive, desirable way. This tree of impact is happening all around you all the time. Every decision you make is creating a new fork in the road. I want you to be mindful to be creating more of the positive, desirable ones than the undesirable, negative ones. When you can step into that level of self-awareness, I can assure you, you are well on your way to leading a more wise mind, empowered life. That, my friends, that's the kind of adulting 101 you want to step into in college. That's the kind of growth and maturation you want to embrace while you're there. Those are the kind of people that if I'm a hiring agent, if I'm in human resources, if I'm at a bank looking to give a loan to a future entrepreneur, those are the kind of people I want looking at me from across that table. Those are the ones that I'm going to be looking to hire 
regardless of what their CV resume says. This order of impact, these are the kind of things that later on, when you're in charge, you're going to want to care about. You're going to want to be paying attention to. These are the things that right now, today, can begin to manifest a better experience for you. When I first got into life coaching and started helping people and starting with myself, I was always and will always be my first client. One of the first things I was taught was that oftentimes clinical depression starts when we're young and we get into our heads that life is supposed to be a certain way. Things are supposed to be playing out a certain way. We have expectations about ways things should be based on what we're seeing other people experience and we start to get uh, sad and depressed that that's not our life. Negative experiences happen, trauma, all variations of things start to happen and we start to we start to spiral on those. They get screwed in, we, into our heads over and over and over again because we keep looping on it. We keep looping on the negative thought, looping on the negative thought, looping on the negative thought and we do this for years and years and years and years. People want to uh, quote unquote cure it by throwing medicine at the problem when medicine isn't the problem. Uh, let me take that back. Medicine isn't the solution. It is a quick cure. It is, it is, it is, it's Tylenol for a headache when in fact you're probably dehydrated or mal- malnourished or hungover. Fix those. Drink more water. Eat better food. Stop drinking. That's how you start to solve the dehydration issue. It can be like that for depression too. And this can be a touchy subject and, you know, the woke mafia and Twitterati will want to come at me and say, oh, well, you're, you're downplaying the, the harm and, and the mental health issues. No, no, I'm not. I suffer from mental health issues. I'm in addiction recovery. You think t- somebody spends 22 years looking up at life through the bottom of a bottle, doing drugs and drinking themselves into a bloody freaking blackout day after day after day, doesn't have mental health issues, doesn't suffer from depression and sadness and grief and shame. <laughs> I got that in spades, my friends, in spades. What I noticed is that whenever I chose to start looking at life through a brighter lens, when I chose to start being actually happier and grateful and thankful for the things I had, that I started to see my life differently. The medications and the things that the doctors were prescribing me, I was able to release over time because it was not the solution. Creating a better life for myself. Getting out of my head and being of service to other people brings me joy. Most of the time, what I noticed for myself is that when I felt the most depressed, it's when I was looping around in my own own perceived crappy life, living in my own head, looping in about things I don't have, I didn't achieve, all the wasted time. As soon as I started to feel better about myself, I noticed that it came from action going to the gym, working out, smiling at people, starting up a conversation with a stranger, being nice to my loved ones, being of service to other people. It goes back to the six human needs. We're looking for certainty. We're looking for variety, love, connection. We're looking for significance. Those are the main things that were, those are the first four of the, of the more primal, more of the, the, the physical needs. When you start to get into the psychological needs of personal growth and development and contribution as we are able to take care of those first four. 
when you can loop all six of those into your impact tree, and you can start to understand that you can actually make massive changes in your life by choosing a different direction for your emotions. Think about what it would be like if you woke up and just chose to be happy today. Sometimes you'll hear people say, fake it till you make it. And I'm not, again, toxic positivity on this. I'm just stressing that you don't have to choose to be sad. You don't have to choose to be mean to people. Of all the gifts and all the beauty in life, we could choose to be happy today. We could just choose contentment today. We could choose to be nicer to other people. Practice being nicer and content for the next decade. And maybe people would start saying that, man, there's a lot of clinically happy people on this planet. There is a way out, and it's inside your own mind. And now that you can manifest this tree of impact out on paper for yourself, I'd like you to start doing it regularly. And then notice, when you choose the desirable positive, how much better your day seems to go. Remember, life can just be sucky sometimes. It's how we choose to perceive those quote-unquote sucky times, either as lessons and opportunities to grow and evolve through learning and application and evaluation, or do we choose to let ourselves get knocked down? And then unlike that baby, not even try to get back up. You didn't do it then. Don't do it now. Get back up on your feet. We were meant to walk. Much love, everybody. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. As always, if you want to be more in tune with this content, if you want to learn this stuff rather than passively listening to it, if you want an actual structured way to take in in this information, I've created the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. There's workbooks, there's bonus videos, there's, there's, there's audios here soon. A whole meditation series is going to come out. I'm going to show you a ways to, to knock out anxiety and stress and fear and anger. I'm going to show some very powerful things. They're going to be released slowly over the next few months. It is a forever growing and evolving site. It's the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. You can find a link for it over on my Instagram account, or you can go to jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. For a limited time only, there will be special pricing for a one year. So if you get over there quick, you can get a hold of it. Always, my friends, I'd love to see you over there. Be well. Bye-bye.